You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room. And watch the watch work out in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it, and I run it back to the Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston, giving you one hour of intense, hard hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome into the Martin Houston Show. I'm Xavier Houston, sitting in with Joe Gaither, running the boards for us. Uh, Martin is out today, and we will be getting you ready for Alabama Vandy tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And let's get the show rolling. How are you doing this morning, Joe? Oh, doing doing good today, Xavier. I got a Got in bed at a good time, so I'm, I'm feeling rested, ready for a football Friday. <laughs> all right, and it's a free-for-all for all Friday. And you can join us on the Alabama One Hotline at 205-342-9904. So call in, give us your opinions of the game tomorrow. So let's get it rolling. Joe, you know, you asked something very interesting on Twitter yesterday, and you said, would we take Brock Bowers and a bunch of walk-ons or four of Alabama's receivers, any four? And I, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, what was the the premise behind that question? Well, I think Brock Bowers is a very special player, and I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you pair Bryce, Bryce Young with, with a player of his caliber – I think that they would be doing t- nasty things to defenses, but but I but I I, I came up with that question as I was uh, I was in the car listening to Ryan Fowler talk about uh, you know uh, he was talking with a caller about uh, how, how our receivers haven't been getting haven't been able to get open at a consistent rate, and I was really debating whether I should put any three Alabama receivers or any four. And I wonder if I had if I would have gotten a little bit different results had I put any three receivers, because uh, once you give them, once you give a, somebody a choice with that fourth wide receiver, I think that that probably tipped the scales. I ended up getting eighty percent, eighty percent people, eighty uh, percent on the respondents voting for any four Alabama wide receivers. I just wonder where the line is on how special Brock Bowers would be. Uh, now, now, and your comment was very good about how uh, Georgia's other weapons get Brock Bowers uh, get Brock Bowers good good matchups, and, and I do agree with that. I just I, I wonder if you, if you'd given uh, if you, if you put Brock Bowers on this team 
and you get you gave a bunch of gave a bunch of other uh, walk-on receivers or very subpar receivers. How if the passing game would look any different than it does right now? I think it could look different uh, because I feel like the middle of the field would be the focus of a of a defense when you're going up against a Brock Bowers and a Bryce Young. In that situation, you could probably get a little away with something on the outside. And I'm guessing, like, you don't necessarily have to have the top-end guys. And, you know, Aiden Dollins, one of the interns, he said without – he, what I took from it, he said without JoJo, without Harold, those speedsters, and with Bill O'Brien's uh, questionable play calling at times – I felt like he was leaning towards taking Bowers and the walk-ons. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think uh, a- Aiden is a big-time anti-Bill O'Brien guy. Uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's in the camp of uh, let's, let's fire him tomorrow, <laughs> per se. <laughs> uh, but, but I think that he, he thinks that his offensive philosophy doesn't work without a burner to take the top off the defense. And, you know, do, ha- have we seen – See, I, and this kind of gets into the first thing I just I texted you this morning. Where is the patience with the Alabama fan base for this offense uh, getting up to speed, uh, getting up to getting up to not up to speed because it is. I mean, fifty-five points, sixty-three points. Uh, now, not all that. Not all of that was on the offense this past week. You had a lot of special teams action this past week. But goodness, uh, wh- wh- where is the patience as we ramp up and integrate? Uh, all the weapons, all the new weapons. We we, we talked about ha- ha- losing Jamison Williams and Mechie, and I guess you got to count Slade Bolden in on that as well. But <laughs> but but losing uh, some of our options, and then integrating a transfer in Jermaine, Jermaine Burton and uh, a, an injured Tyler Harrell, an injured JoJo Earl, who I think JoJo he he must have had a great summer because every time his name gets brought up by Coach Saban, he uh, Saban speaks of him very highly uh so so uh, so, and then you try to integrate Treshawn Holden into stepping up and uh Cam Latou who's been injured uh, in in fall camp and and, oh are we gonna rely on Miles Kitzelman out of junior college and Robbie Oots who hasn't done it before so I mean I I love the options in in the running back room but there's just a bunch of not no names but a bunch of uh a bunch of Guys who haven't quite got guys who haven't quite been in the system comfortable with Bryce, uh, guys who haven't had the spotlight on them yet. So where's the patience, Xavier, with with Bill, with Bill O'Brien, with the with the passing game that's been uh, not not as not as dynamic as we would have hoped? Uh, I, I I just wonder. I mean, yes, you make the trade, Brock Bowers for a bunch of walk-ons, and and, and Bryce can just stick it in his area. Bryce can stick it in his area, and his catch radius and athleticism probably uh, probably moves the offense down the field. But where is the patience uh, w- when it comes to watching Alabama football at all? Well, I think you got to look at it from the standpoint of when you look at the way the offense started off last year, it was a little bit more explosive. It was a little bit more over the top. I mean, Jamison Williams in his first game catches a 90-something yard touchdown pass from Bryce Young. And you have that. You have Mechie making big plays early. And, and you know, the two started off, you know, healthy last year. His first two catches of the season were touchdowns. 
against Miami. So I think that's what a lot of people are looking at, that the fact that the offense doesn't look explosive at all. I mean, you've got the 81-yard touchdown run from Jace. you got a 50-some-yard run from Jameer, 63-yard run from uh, Bryce. But when you go to the passing game, uh, you've got a 37-yard reception by Jameer, a 38-yard reception from Latou, and a 33-yard reception from Holden. And those are the three biggest pass plays Alabama has on the season three weeks in. And then the simple fact that you had these struggles against Texas outside of the big play from Jace and Bryce taking over a game later, I think that's a lot of reasons Alabama fans are kind of impatient. And, you know, there's some things we'll hit on with Bill O'Brien a little bit later on of just the way the offense looks this year, even compared to last year and compared to the previous coordinators Alabama had. And I feel like there's a – it's not a drop off a cliff, but it's a significant drop from when you look at uh, Sarkeesian and Loxley, Dayball, and Kiffin when Alabama was really wide open, even when you had a young Jalen Hurts who wasn't always comfortable throwing the ball. I, I, I can understand that. I, I, the, the, the offense has not been – as explosive so what's the so what's the the problem is it the wide receivers uh not getting open is it bryce not being uh, in, on the same page with them is it bill o'brien's play calling because there's there has to be some sort of problem you, i mean you 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 hear oh gosh you hear some of some of the fans oh dang it bryce young's nil deals is not as focused this year or, or, or the, some sort of version of that, is it a lack of focus? I mean, because surely they're, they're, the, the practice time, the preparation must be similar. I, would, I mean, I would assume that it's similar than, than the year prior. Is, is Jameson Williams and John Mechie, were they just that much more focused and uh, on, uh, you know, on the same wavelength with Bryce Young? What, what, would, you, what would you attribute to the slower start to? I think it's a combination of things. I don't really believe that Bryce's NIL deals and the time that he took away to deal with that has anything to do with it. Because in my opinion, most of those things were probably done before the season started, knowing Coach Saban, and would be slowly released during the season. Uh, I know it seems like every week we've seen a new Bryce Young commercial, but that has me feeling that's not happening during the school year is happening before football season started, maybe during fall camp, but most likely before. But uh, I think the play calling has been questionable. I mean, teams are playing a cover two, and when you play a cover two, you got to attack the middle of the field. And we don't have a lot of routes where our wide receivers are going over the middle. And you got the two back. He seems to be healthy, you know, looked really good last week against ULMRO. You've got a big body guy in Holden that you can send across the middle and Alabama doesn't seem to do it a lot. So do we just start uh getting Cam too wide open down the uh, uh, active down the middle is it, I mean uh or is it as simple as getting consistency in the running game. You hear a lot of Alabama fans, "Oh, we can't run the football. Oh, you know, we have problems in the running game." And I know the old school mentality of we want to be we want to go back to the Gene Stallings days, winning every game seventeen to fourteen. But uh, what what I mean, 
how how would you if 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 it was uh, uh, Xavier on on the offensive coordinator side of things, uh, if you if Bill O'Brien got fired and you got hired tomorrow, what would you start doing to uh, to, to to move this offense at a consistent rate? You definitely have to improve the run game. You're talking about Jameer Gibbs averaging seven carries a game three weeks in. Uh, he's catching roughly about five passes a game. So you, that, you even look at that, that's still 12 touches a game for a guy like Jameer Gibbs. And then you look at Jace McClellan, he's got even fewer carries. Roy Dale Williams has even fewer carries. And these are supposed to be three guys that we expected a lot out of. And the run blocking necessarily hasn't been bad. It's just been there hasn't been a consistency in the play calling forward. And so I think that does help. I mean, even last year, you're talking about how much B-Rob and Jason, those guys got carries early in the season. That helped open the passing game. And I've watched for two weeks outside of the Texas game at home against inferior competition. Alabama's had a lot of short fields. And a lot of short fields means quicker uh, scoring drives and things of that nature so you don't get to open things up. You don't get to go throughout the playbook and really move the ball down the field. We do it about once or twice a game, and then the rest of the time, if we get the ball, it's been around the 40-yard line, You know, so you're only going 60 yards. Sometimes it's been the 50, the other side of the 50. So I think those things are playing a part into it. But I think if you have a consistent run game, it does things you can play action off of it get those linebackers, get those safeties corners just to freeze for that split second that allows these guys to get deep. But we'll get a little deeper into it on the other side of the break. Remember, you can call in at 205-342-9904 and join us on the Alabama One Hotline. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks around the area, but we do see heavy traffic on the interstate between Tuscaloosa and Mercedes in both directions. Y'all slow down and be careful. If you see conditions, just give me a call. And remember, if you need a vehicle, you need to go to Townsend Nissan. They're your hometown dealer and the lifetime powertrain warranty. I'm Captain Ray. You know what happens in a plasma chamber? Big stuff. Science stuff. Diamonds. I'm Tom Osmond. Fincher and Osmond Jewelers carries all. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 85. Sunday, a mix of sun and clouds, the chance of a few scattered rain showers by afternoon, the high 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Keep it locked into Tide 100.9 for more of the Martin Houston Show with Martin Houston and Access and O's Sports, Xavier Houston.
Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I'm Xavier Houston, sitting in this morning with Martin Now, and we have some callers on the Alabama One Hotline. First off, we got Gary from Ohio. Good morning, Gary. Welcome into the show. Hey, man. How you doing? How I'm doing good. Doing? How you doing this morning? Good. I tell you what, I'm gonna tell you this. You you can ponder on it if you want, but um. I think the problem with Bryce, and I think he's been playing fairly good, a lot better than a quarterback at Clemson, but I think it's the Dr. Pepper curse. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> well, look at uh, uh, Clemson quarterback, D.J. Angelo. He played at Notre Dame playing like a man possessed out of his job. You know, he had a real good year that year. Yeah. And then next thing you know, um, the next thing you know, he signed a Dr. Pepper uh, contract, and he was terrible. Now, he's hmm. come bright, signed in contact, yeah. and he looks slow. All right. Uh, I mean, see, well, when you look at Bryce's performance, it, it leaves more to be wanted, but I don't think Bryce has played bad. I mean, you look at the two interceptions last week, and one was a great play by the uh, – the safety or corner falling back up underneath the route. And then the second one was a slightly behind the, slightly behind by the wide receiver, but he got his hands on the ball. And then what we've seen him do against Utah State, 100 yards rushing, six total touchdowns. And then he had the Heisman moments against Texas. Uh, I don't know if his play has been bad as much as just the overall, the way the offense has been ran. Yeah, but the offense seems to, they're running as high average and running. So the offensive line is coming together. They're going to be pretty strong. But And I'm not saying he's not playing bad, but I'm just saying his numbers are way down, you know, way down. That, that, that is true, but, you know, it's something that has been mentioned earlier this week is, Alabama's only thrown the ball over 20 yards in the air seven times all season. And I think that's partially play calling. Through three games, Bama has 19 plays where the ball was snapped before six seconds. And the best Alabama has looked is when they go up tempo. But we're not doing that. And I think that's where Bryce thrives when he doesn't have to – when the defense can't sit there – and see everything. So I think that's part of the issue. Well, you know, and then also when two or throw six touchdowns and he looks like he was playing in Alabama, that, that kind of brings you back to what we used to have, you know, someone that could zip that ball. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't think Zeiss, I mean, Bryce is not a good pass. I think he's excellent. I think he can do it all, but he ain't playing it like Tua was when he was here. And the receivers, maybe the receivers don't have as much experience. I think the receivers got to get more experience, and I think they'll be better. I think Bryce is still pretty good, but still, I'm just looking at him thinking about, man, the Dr. Pepper curse looks like it's a little bit on him. (laughs) (laughs) You might be on to something. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I'm just putting it out there, you know. <laughs> you, tell me. Yeah. you got anything else for it, Gary? No, I don't, man. Thanks. Y'all All have right. a happy week. You as God well. Bless. 
Uh, and now we've got Pat in on the hotline. How are you doing this morning, Pat? Good morning. Hey, let's put some frost on this subject. All right, let's do it. But, uh, hey, he's got to be rehabbed. And uh, <laughs> no better place to do it than Tuscaloosa, Alabama. What do y'all think? Uh, when I look at it, uh, if we do move on from Bill O'Brien this year, I don't know if uh, – He'll come in as a coordinator off the bat, but his name has been thrown around. I've seen Dan Mullins been thrown around, and I think Mullins would be great for the simple fact of what we what type of quarterbacks he's had in the past and what Alabama and we, has most likely coming back next year. We, we can, can use a quarterback guru to bring Ty uh, along because we got to have a backup uh, quarterback. And, um, hey, Mullins is a quarterback whisperer. Is that not true? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look at Jalen Milrow's skill set, and you could say he's a more athletic Tim Tebow. You look at Ty's skill set, and it is very similar to what I think would be Dak Prescott. And we saw what Mullins was able to do with those two guys. So if we could get Mullins in here next year, that would be the way I would go. I got you. They look. I just think, you know, Frost is a, uh, you know, he just hadn't had, uh, you know, the the Jimmys and Joes to work with. You got to have Jimmys and Joes. You just got to. True. <laughs> and, uh, hey, and why Nebraska can't get them in there, I don't know. Oh, but, hey, it is the middle part of the country. It gets very cold up there. And, uh, you know, so, I don't know. anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there about, uh, frost and stir the pot up a little bit. Hey, uh, uh I think, this, I, I think this team's going to be just fine. Uh, and I do believe that if the ball bounces, you know, that's a pointed ball. And if it bounces our way a few times, that we can still win a national title with what we've got. I, uh, I, 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 I think everybody else is just trying to, you know, get clickbait myself. Y'all have a <laughs> blessed day. Bye-bye. You too, Pat. You have a good one. Joe, do you have an opinion on if Alabama does move on from Bill O'Brien after this year, who they should get to replace him? Mm, they should get um, – golly. The, I, 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 I've thought about it a couple times, that, and, 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 and Scott Frost – uh, the, the, my issue with Scott Frost is that he he allegedly allegedly doesn't like to recruit, and and you know how that would fly in Nick Saban's office. And the same thing, you, you talk about Dan Mullen uh, just a little bit. He doesn't like to recruit either, and so you have to get an offensive play caller who enjoys the recruiting process. And I know I know Kendall Bryles is over at Arkansas, so it would kind of be a, uh, a lateral move just from the sense of a title, uh, both being offensive coordinator. But yeah, uh, objectively speaking, offensive coordinator at Alabama is a lot more higher higher profile than offensive coordinator at Arkansas. He would probably be my first my first stop, uh, Kendall Bryles. Ah, I, 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 I I'm not a really 
Kendall Bryles would be a good look. Uh, I, I'd kind of try to go out of the uh, you know with with all the with a lot of the NFL programs going into the Kyle Shanahan kind of uh, zone blocking, play action passing uh, style. I'd probably look in the in the in the Kyle Shanahan tree, see if there's any young up young up and coming coaches in in that tree to 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 bring on and kind of uh, kind of integrate some of that style into the offense. I haven't really I haven't really considered it deeply, but I, and, and I know Scott Frost and Dan Mullen both have run uh, good offenses in the past, but I just wonder about their lack of uh, zeal for recruiting and how that would fly with Coach Saban. Mm. That is an interesting aspect because you got to be able to recruit if you're going to coach for Coach Saban. But uh, we also have Todd in on the hotline. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Todd? I'm good. I'm doing well, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Good, good. I just want to make a few comments. You know, um, you know, listening to Saban, you know, he, he's even made the comment uh, this is a much more um, a finesse team. So um, I believe, you know, just like Saban says, we have to trust the process as fans. You know, as the public fans, we we all want things right now. We want we want perfection now. You know, we gotta have we gotta have it now. And and, and you know, just because it may not be happening right now, you know, we're, we're questioning everything. So, just I think we need to get back to the basics and listen to Saban and trust the plot process. Play to uh, our play, players that we have. Yeah, could, could our play calling be a little more diverse? Absolutely. Um, but you know, they're they're plugging plugging guys in all over the place, you know, trying to find, you know, that, you know, continuity, that, 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 that jail, you know, that, that, the, the perfection that we, us all, all of us fans want. And we don't have that Derrick Henry. We got Gibbs and we're using him to his strengths, um, I believe. And, um, you know, like Saban said, you know, just trust the process, you know, and, you know, about the commercials and stuff that, um, that um, Young has done. Yeah, he, he did all that stuff, you know, way earlier, and he's not doing that now. But those commercials are on TV now. You you said it yourself that, hey, we're seeing a different commercial every day. He's going to school, and classmates are saying, hey, man, I've seen you on TV. And, you know, but I don't believe that, you know, it's affecting him. Um, who's to say it is or it is not? Only he can say that. Um, well, we did see a little, a little uncharacteristic, you know, throws, but – does that question my his my question uh, his ability? Absolutely not. He's the Heisman Trophy uh, reigning winner. So man, you know, I'm just you know, I'm gonna trust the process. I'm not gonna throw uh, Bill O'Brien to the to the to the uh, to the outs right this minute. Um, yeah, I wish we would have a little more diverse play calling. Everybody likes to see diverse play calling. Different here, over here, over there, just. Oh, big, explosive uh, 90-yard plays. We haven't had those, you know, with touchdown passes. And, um, I don't know, those are just my comments, guys. Um, you know, as an Alabama fan, um, and I just want to say roll tide. And, and I really appreciate the show. You guys do a phenomenal job, man. Y'all y'all do a great job, and it's, it's been a joy just listening to you guys week in, week out. Well, we appreciate that, Todd. You can call back in anytime. Roll tide. Roll tide. All right, that was Ty joining us on the Alabama One Hotline. Uh, real quick, uh, Joe, when you look at what Alabama has done on the offensive side, what what's the one thing that you would change if you could change something with the way we've played through three games so far? Well, 
Oh well, uh, I, I, I got a personnel change that I would make, but it, but it, it would cause a little bit of complications. I really uh, don't really care for what I see at the out of the center position with Darren Dal, Darian Dalcourt. I think that he is a big body guy and. He is a consistent snapper of the football, which is step number one to any offensive play. But I don't think that uh, I don't I don't really like his pad level when I see when I when I see him uh, when when I see him out there pretty much on on pass protection or in run blocking. I, I think that Seth McLaughlin has better better pad pad level. The problem with Seth is that he's an inconsistent snapper. He snaps the ball at, at Bryce's feet. He snaps the ball o over Jalen's head, uh, and, and and you just can't have that. You can't have that as an offense. That'd be that'd be an even bigger problem than any other problem that we've already got. But I just don't like Darian Dalcourt's pad level, and I can't. You can't say, oh well, let's just go under from under center because that would jack up the entire offense. I'm sure. Yeah. But 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 if you could. If you could work Darian Dalcourt's pad level a, a bit lower, I think that there wouldn't be as much pressure on the guards to to be because because we've been rotating guards all, th all all three games, trying to find who's going to be uh, who's going to be the, the starting left and right guard. And, and I, I don't I, when you look back at the uh, the fourth and one play calling, I know uh, out there at Texas, a lot of people were upset that we were in the shotgun formation, and I understand that because. I, I understand that, but it was Darian Dalcourt getting blown up on the play, getting pushed into the backfield that Roydell Williams tripped on the back of his legs, and I, I just think that yes, Darian Dalcourt is a big, is much bigger than McLaughlin, but he's not playing uh, with proper pad level in, in my amateur estimation. So that would be something that I would really be trying to focus on is is getting him to play with proper pad level and 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 seeing how that affects the running game if that if that opens up the running game a bit more that'd probably be my number one uh my number one coaching point for the offense yeah that's not a bad one when you look at it from that standpoint i just think alabama needs to find a consistency with the wide receivers and i think i, I might be wrong but from what i've thought I saw on Saturday was having Burton in the slot and then having Holden and Brooks on the outside. Now, if that's what Alabama was comfortable with in the starting three, they need to stick with those three guys. Or if, if it's Prentice and Burton back on the outside or what, whatever it is, we've gotten one consistent guy at wide receiver so far, and I think that's it's the guy that surprises everybody, and that's Holden. But he's not a burner. He's not going to take the top off of a lot of defenses. And so, as I was saying earlier, I think Alabama has to attack the middle of the field because right now the best two or most consistent pass catchers I think we have outside of Jameer Gibbs, who's the leading receiver, is holding in Latou. And make teams have to defend them over the middle. Use their size, use their bodies as their strength to be that guy to open things up on the outside. And I think also doing that will open things up in the run game. So that'd be the adjustment that I would make. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and head to break. Remember, you can call in on the Alabama One hotline at 205-342-9904. This is Free For All Friday. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. update. 
This is Timothy Bowens with your Tide Sports Update. Alabama wide receiver Aaron Anderson is close to making his return from knee injury. Starting Monday, tours of Bryant-Denny Stadium will be available. Former Alabama defensive lineman Braylon Ingram entered the transfer portal. Former Alabama tight end Miller Forstall has been elevated by the Cleveland Browns. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 Sports Update. Run it again! For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Join the city of Tuscaloosa for the free tech or treat on Tuesday evening, October 25th. You know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I'm Xavier Houston, and we are joined by Robert from Mobile on the Alabama One Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Robert? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Hey, your assessment, Xavier, on how Alabama can improve its offense sounds very reasonable. Sounds good. Sounds like it would actually work. But wouldn't you, if Nick Saban offer you $200,000 a year to be his coordinator, would you accept that? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, he can get you to improve the, so he can get you to improve the offense for much less money than he got Bill O'Brien out there not doing these things that you just suggested would sound like very reasonable things to do that any person, you know, that an intelligent person can see. <laughs> so, it's like, why are we still wasting time with this guy? <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I went from Pete Golden to, to now to Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's be Pete Golden's best friend right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I mean, well, when you look at it, you know, Alabama's giving up less than eight points a game, and right, it's something around like two hundred and twenty yards a game, which everybody loves. Mm-hmm. If the defense coordinator wasn't Pete Golden, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I mean, the Pete Golden props. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, those, those are enough to win a championship. Would end with our last. Uh, offenses of the last five years, that would have been plenty enough for us to win a championship. Without a it's doubt. Only the, uh, it's only the Bill O'Brien years, uh, for this current year, that, uh, <laughs> man, well, it's not clicking. You know, you guys mentioned the uh, fourth and one and why it didn't work. Yeah, the, the execution, uh, uh, the guy getting knocked, you know, knocked backwards and he him tripping over, was, uh, was not uh, Bill O'Brien's fault, right. But the thing, my problem is with the call was, okay, this is a crucial point in the game. You really need your best play to get you fourth and one with your best players in there to get you fourth and one. Did you really have that on the the field at that time? Even if it had worked, well, you still didn't really have your best player to get you to fourth and one on the field at that time. You have your third string running back, your quarterback in the shotgun, and you've got a truck in the in, uh, sitting on the sideline and the quarterback in uh, Jim Jalen Milrow. All you need is a few inches. And that's your best place for 4th and 1 in a crucial point of game that you could actually lose. It wasn't like we were blowing them out and you know, we could just experiment here. It's things like that, man, that drives you crazy. I mean, you know, Coach Xavier wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at the running backs, I think – Roydell might be the best for short yardage with his build. You know, he's built lower to the ground. He's about 210, 215. Maybe Jace or, I mean, Trey's the biggest back we got. Uh, or, or you could use speed and try to get get it quick outside with Jameer. But uh, I just think it was the, the alignment was the bigger issue. Because if you go under center... You, you fall forward and you get a yard. But, of course, Dalcourt yeah. got blown up, so that might not have worked. But I just think if you're going to go... Yeah, and you, you could have put Miro in there. There's a lot of different things that could have happened on that play that would have made it a successful play. It didn't work out. It was a... In my opinion, it was a bad <laughs> play call. It's for, more for with alignment than the actual play call or the personnel that was in. So that that's my opinion on that play. Uh, you also I never like uh, Joe said people talking about Bryce Young uh, NILD. Although Gary and Morales have a point about that, uh, uh, Doctor Pepper Curry. <laughs> I, I think that's real. I'm, I've seen scientific proof now. Two guys. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I hear that also. Look, I keep telling like I tell everybody else, NIL is here to stay. There's no point in even debating it anymore, as far as. That's distracting the players or whatnot, or even, or even I guess even bringing it up. It's not going to go anywhere, so it's another thing we're going to have to manage. I don't believe that it's a distraction, like uh, Joe said. That these things deals with ha- uh, these things happen in the offseason. but even yeah. but it but it, that's just another thing to manage. So you know, I know people are trying to bring it up, but Z, I sure told you about nil. Number one, it doesn't prove anything, and secondly, well, it's here to stay. So <laughs> deal with it. Got to make the adjustments around it. Yeah. All right, guys. Oh, uh, real quick before I go, I, as much as I would like to see the running game get going good, that downfield passing has got to get clicking. 
Uh, Arkansas is just being begged for us to explode on it with downfield passing because that's their weakness in their game. If we really need that clicking before we go into Arkansas, so they were down. Unless I want to see the running game get off, I want to see a downfield passing with with Bryce and the receivers more so. But uh, agree. That's my two cents. All right, Robert. You have a good one. You too, man. All right, so Joe, uh, Vanderbilt's true freshman quarterback has some interesting things to say about this Alabama defense. Uh, I don't know if you have the direct quote in front of you, but A.J. Swan, who took over for the starting quarterback after their loss a couple weeks ago, uh, he said there was a lot of holes in this Alabama defense that they should be able to take advantage of. How do you feel about a true freshman at Vanderbilt saying that about our defense? Oh, man, Xavier. It, 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 might, it might be true. Uh, it, it might be true, but I don't think I'd be saying that the, the week before your, your very first SEC start at Bryant-Denny Stadium against uh, the, the defending SEC champions. Here's his quote, Xavier. He said, <clears throat> watching the film, there's a couple misalignments they've had against Texas and Utah State. There's a couple things that they actually let go. So I mean, there's going to be plays to be made, and we just and we've just got to make them when they give them to us. Hmm. Do you think he can do it? Well, he's got a little bit of mobility, not a ton, not a ton, but he's got a little bit of mobility. And I, I watched the, the their game last week against Northern Illinois, and he 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 made a lot of quick reads and got the ball out quick uh, quickly. Which, you know, that's what you're going to have to do when you're playing against Will Anderson in this defensive front. You're going to have to be decisive and get the ball out of your hands, you know, very, very quickly. I, I don't know if the same gaps or the same reads are going to be there for, 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 him to, uh, to, to, for him to take advantage of against Alabama as were there against Northern Illinois last week. Uh, now, Coach Saban noted that Vanderbilt has a lot of options. Uh, in their play calling, and and that will make it tough for, to to defend. So I think he'll get a couple of plays, but as far as goodness gracious, as far as being in the game or as far as keeping Vanderbilt in the game, I I, I think he's just uh, talking out of his rear end a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, this Vanderbilt team was projected to win four games this year. They're already at three. They're sitting at three or one. The games they've won have been fairly impressive, but they got beat by 20 by Wake Forest, which is the best team they've played by far. So when you look at that, this freshman, he sees he sees things through two weeks for Alabama. Now, the interesting thing is he didn't say this about last week's game where we saw Terrion Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry get the start again together and Alabama is improving their defense, getting turnovers, making it harder for a quarterback to throw. Uh, But now they do have a mobile quarterback, Mike Wright, who started the first couple weeks. Is he hurt or did they just switch to Swan? No, I think that they just made the switch to Swan uh, in the middle of the Wake Forest game. Okay. Well, that's interesting that they would make a move like that, especially with as well as Wright played the first couple weeks. And he's still the second leading rusher on the team 
after not starting the last couple game or not playing the last game and a half. So I, I I'm not so sure if I would be co- as confident as he is. But you're talking about 255 yards and four touchdowns last week for Swan and their running back had a 116 on the ground. What does it take for Vanderbilt to make this a game, in your opinion? Oh, gosh. Uh, the, the first thing is Alabama's going to have to turn the ball over. They're going to have to be careless with the football. Uh, and, and even if you get your Bryce Young two-interception day like you like ULM got last week, <laughs> I think that uh, it's going to have to be more than that. Uh, the next thing is that Vanderbilt has to sustain drives on the offensive side of the football, and I think that that's been a major challenge. Even Texas, even when Texas, you know, moved the football with Quinn Ewers in the first little bit of the game, they 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 rolled off some chunk plays um, and penalties. Exactly, and penalties. Exactly, you, you nailed it. So I mean, Alabama's defense is going to have to going to have to really play uh, half asleep per se. Uh, uh, I, you know, you, you look at the spread and it's 40, 40 and a half, 41 depending on where you're be- betting right now and goodness gracious it, you know, Vanderbilt's got uh, I don't want to be rude but a 1% chance, 2% chance to, to, to win the game uh, and, and even still I'm not betting on that 1 or 2% chance. I think that uh, Alabama's going to have to do a lot wrong, a lot wrong uh, you, you saw out there in Austin, Alabama played a pretty sloppy game and and didn't and, and uh, they they still were able to pull it pull it out. Uh, Alabama's going to have to play even sloppier, which I don't I don't even know if if it's possible to to keep Vanderbilt in the game. Yeah, and you know I was looking at the stats for the best defensive performances Alabama has had against a Vanderbilt team or against a SEC team since Nick Saban has been here. There's been two games where Alabama has given up less than 100 in total yards of offense to an SEC opponent. 2012 National Championship game, or yeah, BCS Championship against LSU. LSU had 92 yards. The other one, 2017, Vanderbilt. 78 total yards. And that was Pete Golden's first year as the defensive coordinator. So, hey, maybe... Vandy's the special team for Pete to just dominate. Absolutely, but when you look yeah, at, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean when you're when you're talking about being able to be effective, I don't think it, Vanderbilt has a chance much either. When you look at the simple fact that this is a true freshman quarterback. He's young, he's played one good game against a one and two Illinois Northern Illinois team. Man, you, you, you already heard what Will Anderson said about playing young quarterbacks. He said, man, I love these type of games because I can get after them. So I think it might be a long day for A.J. Swan. But we're going to go ahead and hit break, come back on the other side, wrap it up, get final scores, and see if Alabama can have a 300-100-100 game for the first time this season. Tide 100.9 Traffic. 
From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, just getting reports of an overturned vehicle on 2059 westbound at the McFarland exit. You can expect serious delays in the area. If you see other conditions, please give me a call. If it's time for a new vehicle, it's time for Townsend Nissan of Tuscaloosa, your hometown dealer and home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Friday morning. Earlier this month, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall told AL.com he's not ruling out prosecuting Veterans Administration Medical Center employees who participate in abortions related to rape and incest. Now the U.S. Justice Department is vowing to defend those workers in court. DOJ points out the supremacy clause bars state officials from prosecuting federal employees who are performing their federal duties. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather coverage. It's free. I'm Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better? Down on the field and across the goal line with his in-depth analysis. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. As we get ready to wrap things up on this fire sale Friday, a day ahead of Alabama versus Vanderbilt. We have a couple questions that we haven't had answered yet about this Alabama team. And when you look at it, Joe, do you think this is the week we get a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, and a 100-yard receiver? Because if you go back to last year, game one for Bryce Young, 344 yards. We saw Jamison Witt go for 126. And it did take a little bit for one yard rusher. But it was done game four last year uh, when Roydale Williams breaks 100 for the first time against Southern Miss. So we're at that point. Can Alabama do it this weekend? I'm going to go no. Uh, no, only in the sense that I think Bryce will get to a 300-yard game. But I think that the wider receiver, what you've seen out of the first couple of weeks uh, is that the production has been spread around, both in the wide receiver group and in the running back room. So I, I think that the offense will look better 
But if if a running back clears 100 yards, I think they're going to have to do so on the back of a big run, like Jace McClellan's 80-yard run. But even Jace in the Texas game didn't clear 100 yards. Uh, and, and I think the same thing for a receiver. You're going to have to get a big bomb for Burton or for, for, for Burton or for, uh, goodness gracious, uh, Treshawn Holden uh, or, or even Kobe Prentice. You, one, one of those guys is going to have to get a big bomb to kind of pad their stat just a little bit. I think that right now the way that the offense has been operating is uh, everything. all the production's kind of been spread around. So I do think that the offense will look better this week, uh, but I don't know about your uh, about yours uh, 300, 100, 100. I will, I will give you the, Bryce Young the 300 mark, but I think the other two is going to be hard to get. I will give it a 300-yard passing and a 100-yard receiving. I think the running backs will be a little bit more hard-pressed just because, as you said, they rotate heavily, and we should beat Vanderbilt pretty easily, so I don't know if we'll get a – I think when these guys could do it, if they get 15 carries, but we haven't seen a guy break 10 yet on the season, so that's why I think it'll be a little bit harder for the running back. But I think the wide receivers can get there. And as you said, all it takes is one bomb from Bryce to get one of these guys 50, 60 yards on a play, on a single play. So I think that's a little bit more reasonable. And it might be a little bit harder for the running backs to get there. And then real quick, uh, what do you have for a score prediction? A mm, hundred to nothing. No, I think I think <laughs> it's going to be... I think it's probably going to look a lot like last week where Alabama gets up in that 56 range, 56 or so. Uh, I'll go 56 to 10. That's kind of going to be my mark. 56 to 10. I am going to go 52 to 6. I think they'll get a couple field goals. Uh, I don't know if they'll score unless they get a short field or something of that nature. And for players of the game, who do you got? I'll go with Bryce. I'll go with Bryce, and I'll go with uh, Jordan Battle. All right, since you're going to go with Bryce, I'm going to go with Gibbs. I think he'll have a 70-70, 70 receiving, 70 rushing. And defensively, I think Will Anderson gets loose this week. And I think he'll have two or three sacks this weekend. All right, well, that is the Martin Houston Show. This is Xavier Houston sitting in. Got Joe Gaither behind the glass pressing all the right buttons. Y'all have a blessed weekend and roll tide. Listening to the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide.